Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Weems podcast. We're so glad to have you listening in today. Before Carrie joins us in today's episode, we want to remind you that the best way to keep up with all the latest content being released by Carrie is to follow her on social media. She's on Instagram and Twitter, so follow her at Carrie Weems, and you can also find her on Facebook as well, and even comment to let us know how much you're enjoying the podcast and the teaching that Carrie has been bringing to all of us. And don't forget, you can always visit CarrieWeems.com to learn more about her and to see a full list of the books, curriculums, and resources that she has recently released. Thanks again for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hi, welcome to the Carrie Weems podcast. We're excited to have John Wyatt back with us today talking about the ABCDEs of emotional intelligence, and that is a very long and cumbersome way to say that we're going to give you a super practical tool today to learn this method of what we call self-regulation when it comes to understanding your emotions, what's causing them, and maybe reframing the way that you experience certain things so that you can change your emotional state. It's a very valuable uh, tool to learn, and um, we're going to give you that practical, action-oriented tool today. But um, first of all, I'd love to review. Last week, we launched our series on emotional intelligence and just talked about what it was. And basically, emotional intelligence is learning uh, how to be self-aware. It's your own self-awareness of your emotions. What are you feeling? What are you experiencing? And then being able to be aware of the impact that your emotions have on other people and situations. And finally, the ability to use your emotions in a healthy and positive way to influence people and situations. So it's a really important tool for leaders to learn how to use. It's a very important piece of development for anybody, whether you're a leader or not, whether you consider yourself to be a leader or not. Emotional intelligence is very important for your relationships, for your work relationships, for yourself. It's very important for yourself because I think sometimes people can feel like their emotions are driving them and they don't know how to stop them. But there are some very practical ways you can stop your emotions from driving you and you can use them as your servant and not as your master. And um, that will make your life a lot more easy and a lot more enjoyable. So Welcome back, John. Thanks for being with hey, us. Derek. Great to be with you. So happy to start talking about this really actionable step because yeah. um, when you talk about emotions, it's like they're this ethereal concept. We know when they hit us, but we kind of don't know what to you know how to control them. But this is a really great tool for practicing self-awareness and understanding what is causing the emotions that we're feeling. So I've noticed how two people can experience the exact same situation and it can have a really negative effect on one person and then on another person they could just care less it's either they have a positive response to it or no response to it and what I've learned is it's not so much what's happening but how we interpret the meaning of what's happening in other words it's not just the data the experience itself but what the data means to us that causes emotions right right and so this exercise is going to help us to go through that process of learning what happened and then assigning maybe a new meaning to it than the one we originally assigned to it. Absolutely. So we're gonna take you through that, but I love to do a little icebreaker to learn more about our guests. And last time we talked about how John wanted to be a game <laughs> show host, but I have a different question for him today. I like these table topics. And if you don't know what table topics are, they're cards with questions on them. And our kids love these at the dinner table. They pull them out and we talk about these things. So for you, would you rather live in Los Angeles or New York? LA, okay, the weather, the waves, uh, yeah, no snow. Not a snow guy. Okay, so you're a surfer. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that makes sense. Yeah, I would definitely pick New York. I like snow. Right, I like snow, it. cool, yeah. fashion I, capital. I say that, I've, always, I've only it. lived in warm places, so maybe if I lived in a place with snow, I wouldn't think that. But anyway, let's get going on this. So here is a drawing mm -hmm. that uh, 
John did. It's a very lovely artistic work here. And if you can go right now to the link in our bio, in my bio, and um, download, you can download this worksheet right now. It doesn't look like this. It looks a lot more legitimate than this. But if you did not download the worksheet and you don't want to go do it right now, you can just draw this out on a piece of paper. Just take a piece of paper, turn it to the side like this, and do A, B, C, D, and E. And we're going to talk you through how to use this. But you want to look at something like this for reference as we talk through these steps because they are going to kind of be organized around what this sheet is. So talk about this A, B, C, D, and E um, process. Where do we start on this? Let's say something happens to me. I'll, I'll yeah. give you a good example. Let's just say I walk into a room that's full of people, and I notice that um, everyone says hi to me except for Jane. Let's just say Jane doesn't say hi to me. She doesn't even turn around to acknowledge me. And I go, I, it just makes me really feel bad about myself. I'm just kind of get depressed and I feel, you know, maybe something wrong with me. Why didn't Jane say hi? You know, she always treats me this way. She's always treating me like, you know, ignoring me. And, um, and then another person walks in and Jane doesn't say hi to them. And they might say, they might not even notice it. They don't even care. Or they might go, they say something else. Like Jane might be busy. All right, so let's take me. I walk into the room and for some reason, there's a series of events that happens and then the next thing I know, I'm sitting over on a chair by myself feeling really down and terrible about myself. Mm. If I wanted to use this tool, what is the first thing that I would do? All right. Well, uh, let me set everybody free. First of all, you don't have to build emotional intelligence. You don't have to walk around with a journal in your back pocket. Good. And every time you <laughs> feel a bad emotion, a negative emotion, stop, sit down and, and journal. Um, the journaling practice is really, um, it's something for self-reflection that's going to help you grow in emotional intelligence to maybe improve your response for next time. Maybe yeah. process that emotional event so that you can handle it a little bit better in the future. Yeah, because that's the, the, the template is really set up to mm -hmm. help you journal so that you can process objectively what's going on. I think that's a really, if you like journaling, it's a great way to get those feelings out and get those thoughts out. But even if you don't, at least making a list of things might help you uh, help you be more objective about, you know, just kind of put it out there so you're looking at it apart from yourself, not yes. inside yourself. So oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I found that journaling is a, a great discipline of a lot of mm -hmm. executives, uh, leaders, people that, um, that carry the weight of the organization, people that carry a lot of stress, mm -hmm. they're in a lot of stressful situations. Journaling is a discipline that you'll find that many of them have yeah. learned to practice so that they can carry more weight yeah. uh, in an efficient and effective way. Does journaling have to be like this long, drawn out, full of emotions kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, it's not a diary. Okay. It's different <laughs> from diary. It's really just getting your thoughts um, in a safe space, being able to process your thoughts. It's amazing how... Um, We've spoken before in, in uh, people who are extroverted thinkers. Yeah. Um, you know, having a conversation with a person helps them process. Yeah, well, yeah. journaling helps us process our thoughts and maybe an emotional event. Every emotional event starts with a trigger. Mm -hmm. Something triggers the event to start. And then, um, you know, our emotions maybe might start to heat up. And then from there, we'll select a response. So in your situation, in the scenario that you painted there, there was a triggering event that mm -hmm. happened. You felt a certain way and you responded a certain way. Yeah. The journaling exercise will help you kind of map out what happened and what was the thinking, where was the thinking wrong yeah. in that situation? Where could you think mm -hmm. differently about yourself so that you wouldn't drop in self-regard? Yeah. You wouldn't feel bad about yourself. The, the truth is, uh, Jane, I think it was your example, Jane, yeah. Jane didn't mean you any harm. And, yeah. and the situation was probably, um, if you were an objective observer, you probably wouldn't see that anything was yeah, she didn't pick yeah. a fight with you or anything. You yeah. know, it wasn't anything that an objective observer would notice was wrong. 
Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, it, it triggered an event. Yeah, yeah. Inside. The journaling exercise we'll share today is something that you could look at introspectively. Maybe the next morning you're processing it, processing it through, you know, what happened? You could do this exercise, learn from it, so that you can handle it better in the future. That's emotional intelligence. That's good. That's mm -hmm. good. So let's talk about that. So how would, let's look at our little grid here. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, let's say I'm, I go home and I can't let this thing go. For some reason, I just can't let go of it. And I want to journal about it. And I want to figure out why I can't let go of the fact that Jane didn't acknowledge me when I walked in the room. Where mm -hmm. do I start? All right. Here we go. So um, just map it out on, on a journal page or even on a, a blank piece of paper. I do, this, I do this on a regular basis. Anytime I sense that an event like this has occurred and I want to process it, you actually write it out just like uh, Carrie said here with the ABCDE. You start with the C. This is the starting point is the C. And this is really, um, it's, it's writing down what happened. Mm -hmm. What happened? Um, C stands for what? What does it stand for? Something? Um, it's, it's really just a map to okay. kind of keep you on track. They don't have a direct correlation okay. with letters. I think in the book they do, but it doesn't. I'm, doesn't I'm, really work. Yeah, I'm, I'm real practical. It, it just the format of it is what helps the most. Okay. Start in the middle at C, and you're gonna call through what really happened. So in your scenario, in your situation. You know, what happened? I, I experienced this hot emotion. I felt, uh, I forget what some of the words that you ignored. used for example. So Jane, the triggering event for me, the circumstance was mm -hmm. that Jane did not acknowledge me when I walked in the room. That right. was the, that is, that if I go back and look at it, I'm pretending that I'm this person now, this didn't really happen to me. Um, that was kind of the, the trigger point. Right. That was what set everything, I was fine until that moment. Right. So I, I, wrote, I write that down. Well, Jane that, did not acknowledge me when I walked right. in the room. That actually goes up here at the top of the A. That's your triggering event happened. Jane did not walk. Jane did not acknowledge you when she walked in. Okay. And oh, C okay. is the emotion you experienced. This ah. is what I felt. B now is going to be what's the difference? What what was your what were you telling yourself that caused you to go from something that she probably didn't intend to do? Yeah. You might be telling yourself she intentionally did that. Yes. Okay. And so I'll start you with to this. Feel this emotion. I just know that I, at the end of that meeting or whatever it was. I felt bad about myself. I felt like I was not part of the group. I felt right. excluded. I felt unimportant. And I know something is telling me this is not an appropriate emotional reaction right. to this, this meeting. Yes. And so I'm going back and then I'm, that's what I'm writing here, uh -huh. my emotions. You're mapping it out. This is what I felt. This is what I experienced. Okay, okay. And then up here is, okay, what, what was the starting point? When did I start feeling that way, the trigger event? Right. And that would be Jane didn't acknowledge me when mm -hmm. I walked in the room. So we've got a feeling, and then I'm linking that feeling to a specific time or a piece of what I I've always tell myself, it's a piece of data. So there's a feeling and there's a data. There's a piece of data. The data triggered the event. The event is a, a, an objective, concrete circumstance that I can say, this is what it was. The feeling is related to something else. And that is what B is for. Mm -hmm. B is the meaning that I assigned to A. It's the meaning that I assigned to the event that triggered C, my emotions. So let's talk about that B. Yeah. So um, like in your event, if you're an objective observer, again, on the outside looking, mm -hmm. it's a big part of emotional intelligence is objectivity. Yeah, I um, can see that. When our emotions are involved, we stop being objective. Mm -hmm. We become subjective. We, we filter everything and we see it the way that we perceive it to be, even if that's not accurate. Mm -hmm. So um, in B, you're really describing what happened. What, what were you telling yourself? Yeah. It caused you to go from an event that really didn't have any emotional implications. She just yeah. didn't acknowledge you. Maybe she didn't see you. The truth is, maybe she didn't see you. The truth is, you know, um, you know yeah. the truth is she probably didn't intentionally need to do that. Yeah. Um, 
And so writing down, what do you tell yourself? I'm telling, you, I'm telling myself, maybe it was something along the lines of, you know, she's uh, rejecting me. She's yeah. dishonoring me. She's doing this on purpose. Yeah, well, let's just say this is a business meeting, right? And mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're uh, coming together to give our input about a new project that we're launching. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling myself that Jane is trying, intentionally trying to exclude my feedback. She doesn't want my input. She never wants my input. Um, she's trying to keep me from getting promoted, keep me from getting seen. Yeah. And so I've got this script going on inside that Jane's right. actions are a way to sabotage me from meeting my goals. Right. So that's, the, that's what I'm telling myself. And part of that is, too, feeling powerless, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you think somebody else has the ability to do something that can sabotage your forward progress and keep you from meeting your goals, you're going to have one of two reactions, right? You're either going to stand up against that and push back or, like I did, hypothetical me did in this circumstance, you shrink back and you start to take on uh, whatever the narrative is that you're telling yourself. You start right. to put that on yourself. And so since I'm saying that Jane is sabotaging me and she doesn't want my feedback and my feedback is not, I start telling myself, well, my feedback must not be good. My input must not be important. Gosh, I'm terrible at my job. You're, you can start a whole spiral of downward negativity just because of the meaning you're assigning to this triggering event. And so my, my result in this hypothetical situation is to shrink back into the room and turn into myself. Whereas somebody who might be a little bit more assertive might, or aggressive, maybe push back really hard. They might even call her out, hey, nice of you to say hi, or use something sarcastic. <laughs> hey, I'm here in case you didn't notice. But um, the kind of person that I am, I know that my natural reaction to this would be to start to question myself rather than push back against her. And I think there are quite a few people who would you know, be quiet and go into the corner and start to let this narrative run. Nobody else in the room would see it, but you would know and your emotions would intensify. And so right here is where I'm putting, I'm gonna write down the meaning I assigned to this triggering event. And so for me, that would be probably the fact that Jane is trying to sabotage me. And also I'm gonna take on what I think her thoughts toward me are, which are, you're not good at your job, your input is not valuable, your feedback is not worth much to the group. And so I start taking that on. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, that's, and then that results in C, mm -hmm. my feelings of worthlessness are being mm -hmm. excluded. So what is the next step? Because we, we definitely don't want to stay at right. our feelings of worthlessness and being excluded. So what, what do I do next? Well, um, I would ask you this about the things that you wrote down on B. Are they true? Objectively, are they true? No. Yeah. Those things are, are they're not true. But our, our inner monologue, tend, we tend to tell ourselves in our head, we'll rehearse this, like you said, a script, a narrative. We'll find ourselves in it, and okay, it's a, wait, it's a is, negative narrative. So this is kind of a catch-22 because some people would say, well, if my thought is that my ideas aren't any good and I'm not good at my job, then how do I know that's not true? Because that, that would sort of be like my thought about myself. Like if, you know, I don't know if, if how do you know? How do you challenge that if it's just like, okay, I'm not good. You're, you're, you're telling yourself that, right? Because right. you think that's what Jane thinks about you. And then you're saying, is that true or not? I don't know. Right. But there are ways that we can know if we're good at our job, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the fact that you're in the room at all, yeah. when you're launching a special project, is probably an indication of how good you are at your job. Right. If you weren't good at what you did, they you wouldn't have the opportunity that you have. Yeah, right? And what absolutely. are some other things that are, we, it's good to look at quantifiable things. Right, this is, the, uh, this is the next step in the exercise. Oh, good, okay. Would actually be to write down those things. Do you love that I'm certified and I really don't know how to do this? Oh, no, you're doing great. <laughs> no, you're doing great. Uh, you know, these things that you write down in B, they're, they're really, if you really objectively looked at them, they're probably not true. Yeah, yeah. 
if you're experiencing a hot emotion, what I've found, and, and this has spiritual you know, implications as well, yeah. um, when we're meditating on a lie, when we're chewing on things that are not true, mm-hmm. things that go back to past hurts, roots of bitterness, things yeah. that we've experienced that have wounded us in the past, yeah. our emotions tend to heat up. Yeah. So in most situations, what you can go back and look at and be, these things, you can look at them objectively and say, these things are not true. And then to counteract those, we write down in D, what is the truth? The what truth is, the is truth? I'm invited to the table. Yeah. I'm in the room for a reason. I'm bringing yeah. you know, my expertise and my um, experience and my training in this area to that meeting, and I am gonna be able to contribute something that's gonna help yeah. move the ball down the field. Yeah. That's the truth, not that if Jane's here, I can't contribute because she's better than me. Yeah. That's a lie. That's, that's right. The truth is you're at the table for a reason and you're going to do something great that's going to help things. Yeah, and you can look forward. at your performance. I think one of the things that helps me is to go back sometimes and look at, um, you know, because so, it's not, when you're a, you know, pastors and leaders, spiritual leaders are not immune to this. Right. You know, because honestly, it has a lot to do with, with spiritual warfare and what the enemy really wants you to believe about yourself. Yeah. He wants you to believe that you have no good ideas and that you're not, your input's not valuable because he really does want to stop the gift that's in you from having an impact on your world. That's right. And if he can get you to stop right there and get discouraged, then he's all too happy to do that. So one of the things that helps me is actually to go back and look at some of my successes. You know, why am I at the, so why I'm, I'm in the room. That's what, that's one of the things I start with, but then why am I in the room? Well, I'm in the room because I've done three successful similar projects. They all came in on time, on plan, on budget. I'm in the room because I came up with this innovative idea I'm in the room because I happen to, I know that my team respects me. And you can just start saying those things to yourself. And that having some of those ready is important because we do sort of sometimes need concrete, quantifiable things to go, hey, you know what? I am a success. Yep. I'm successful. This is crazy. Why am I telling myself? Because we forget. I think a lot of times leaders forget their successes because they're so on to the next thing. You know? It's true. I mean, people in general forget the good and they're always focusing on the next thing or what they didn't do right. And so it's, we have to. We're going to talk about this more when it comes to self-regard, but we have to learn how to celebrate what we do right so we can hold those successes inside. And this would really, this letter D really would help with that. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, empowering and it, it feels great when you write out where the truth is, these, it's this. Mm-hmm. This is the truth. And E is actually the final step in that. What would the result be if you believed D instead of B? If you believe the truth instead of a lie, the result is I'm going to be more confident. Mm-hmm. Next time this happens, I'm going to address it this way. Yeah. Because right. I'm going to believe the truth about myself. Yeah. And I'm going to address uh, the situation this way. Yeah. I can't always replay it. And I always tell people, I'm not condemning you to a lifetime of journaling, especially <laughs> if you don't like journaling. Um, emotional intelligence is learning how to do this process in real time. Yeah. Right. So this slows it down, kind of presses pause so that you can analyze how you analyze the situation and you analyzed it incorrectly. So that next time when something like this happens, mm-hmm. you can analyze it correctly when you start to feel the hot emotions immediately in your inner monologue. Take captive every thought. Yeah, exactly. Submit it to the truth and speak the truth yeah. and move forward with the right actions as opposed to the negative actions. I think in your example, you said, I'm just going to go sit in the corner yes. and pout, you know, whatever you said there. Exactly. Sit in the corner and pout and <laughs> right. just be sad that I was left out. Nobody <laughs> likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat some worms. Mm-hmm. But... That, and then when I first when I first started doing this, it was a little bit more, I would say, cumbersome. Like I might mm-hmm. need to go and do some notes or something or go back and journal it. But now it's just such a quick lightning bolt. I mean, it takes seconds to do this process now because I've learned how to put myself in the place of the observer and say, hey, what's really, what's really happening here? 
and it does help you, the objectivity helps you in so much of, again, not only learning what my successes are, but really who God has created me to be, letting my identity be rooted in Him. So talk about a little bit how, um, what an important part faith plays in really mastering this. Because Absolutely. all of us come to the table with insecurities, no yes. matter what kind of leader you are, no matter what you do in life, no matter how confident you are, even the most confident person has some places of insecurity. So talk about how faith fills in that role, fills in that gap. Absolutely. Well, we touched on one of them already there, though. If we believe the truth and we meditate on the truth, it changes our actions. It changes our behavior. Mm -hmm. You can tell when somebody's chewing on a lie. Um, you know, I imagine uh, your viewers can think of an example of a time where they or someone they love um, wasn't wasn't seeing themselves correctly. Yeah. You know, um, I think about the way uh, I have two teenagers. Um, I know that they sometimes they don't see things objectively. They don't see things the way they, they actually are, the way yeah. I see them, and they need someone to come in and to to support them. Um, you know, for us in faith, you know, meditating on the way Christ sees us, thinking about our identity in Christ, thinking about the way Jesus sees us, sometimes yeah. that's the thing that carries you through yeah. a difficult situation when you, um, something goes haywire at work and you yeah. feel like you're a failure. Man, knowing, hey, Jesus brought me this far. Yeah. He's not going to leave me and abandon me here in exactly. my mess. He's going to take me through this. He's going to be with me. He's never going to leave me or forsake me. You know, bringing your faith into action in those moments, that's emotional intelligence. In, in that Christian model of what is the soul, you know, it's normally thought of as your mind, will, mm -hmm. and emotions. Yeah. That's a big part of your who you are as a person is how you think about yourself, you know, how you uh, you enact what you believe, mm -hmm. and uh, and how you manage your emotions. Subjecting your emotions to uh, to the Spirit of God is one of the great things. We, the joy of the Lord is our strength. You think about that. Yeah. You know, um, really having joy and drawing joy from our relationship with God is what carries us through difficult situations, yeah. and. Um, it's funny, the emotional intelligence, it's really, it's a secular tool. It's, it's used by corporations, businesses, uh, the military, you know, or around the world by millions of different organizations to help develop their people. But uh, I love it because it's really at the core of it all, it's a faith-based instrument. It really is, and that's what I was, one of the things that stood out to me. Essentially, the model, the grid that we just went through, mm -hmm. which I would say is the foundational skill that you need to learn for emotional intelligence. Like, mm -hmm. if you don't learn that, you're not really gonna be able to grow in the areas because that is the growth mechanism. But basically, it's just cognitive behavioral therapy. <laughs> in a nutshell, this is just cognitive therapy, and it really does work. It really does work. It's standing back from what you're feeling and observing it as a detached observer. But the reason it works is because it's, a God, it's God's idea. In, in Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know, it says, talks about renewing your mind. Renew your mind in the Word of God. And when you renew your exactly what you're talking about, renewing your mind means being aware of the things that you're thinking that don't line up with who God says you are and with who God is and challenging them and replacing them with, with thoughts that do line up with God's truth about you. Yes. And, um, you know, sometimes just saying, you know, sometimes I'll hear motivational things and like, I am enough and yeah. I have what it takes. And I'm thinking, actually, no, I'm not enough. And I actually know that I don't have what it takes, but I know that with Jesus, I do have what it takes yeah. and he is enough for me. Those things, I mean, sometimes that seems, so without Jesus to bring weight to that, it does, it seems a little bit empty and fluffy because mm -hmm. we know we're not enough. Right. We know that we don't, we know that sometimes we don't have what it takes, but when you have Jesus to lean on, you know that he, when you bring him into the picture, he's enough and he has what it takes if you lean on him. So no wonder this works because it's just a God idea. And I love that. You know, I love the fact that we can bring faith into the workplace and it can change us. And when you're changed, you, you change your environment, you change who's around you and, um, and into your home. You'll be amazed if you can put this into action this week, 
that print the grid out or write it out and maybe put it on a, like a whiteboard on the side of your fridge or someplace where you can really access it and use it this week. And I would love for you to go into the comments section of, a, of the YouTube playlist, the Carrie Weems YouTube playlist, and let me know how that worked for you. Let me Give me some feedback on how it worked for you. I know that it worked for me. And, um, I know it'll work for you too. So thank you, John, for being with us today. My pleasure. Learned so much, so much great things, such a good practical tool. Really appreciate you taking time to be with us. Thanks, Pastor Um, Okay, so next time we're gonna dig in. We've laid our foundation of emotional intelligence and we've talked about what it is and we've talked about the foundational tool of objectifying your emotions and looking at them as an observer. And so we're gonna get ready to dig into the nitty gritty of self-perception in our next few episodes. It's self-perception and we're gonna talk about uh, self-awareness and all these kinds of great things. You don't want to miss it. Look, go to carryweems.com and you can subscribe to my podcast. You can subscribe to my newsletter. Follow me on Facebook, um, Instagram. We're always releasing new content and you definitely do not want to miss any of it. So I will see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks again for joining us here at the Carrie Weems podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to share it with your friends and followers on social media. And don't forget one of the best ways you can help us get the word out is to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It's a simple and easy way that you can help us spread the word about the great teaching that Carrie has been sharing. Plus, if you would like Carrie to answer one of your questions in an upcoming episode, we would love to hear them. All you have to do is email them to us at info at Don't forget to follow on social media to stay up to date on all the latest resources that are releasing on Instagram and Twitter at Carrie Weems, or you can find Carrie on Facebook as well. And of course, for a full list of all the available books and resources, just visit CarrieWeems.com. Once again, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.